Hello, welcome to the podcast series, Conversations in Time, where longtime residents of St. Andrews share their histories with us. This episode, Alex and Emma interview Elmer Kerlick, who witnessed the evolving education system throughout his career in the St. Andrews School Division. We hope you enjoy this conversation as much as we did. Without further ado, Elmer Kerlick. Uh, I guess you can start with, I assume you grew up in St. Andrews? Uh, so well, yeah, no, I not as a not as a child. I I was <clears throat> I grew up in uh, in Mellab. It's uh, and then I went to high school in Toulon. Okay, cool. So the exciting part was we had to go to high school by train. Oh. So we traveled from Melub to Toulon, which is about 35 miles by train. And we did this on a daily basis. And <clears throat> So uh, was it just a regular, like a passenger train? Well, it was... Um, for uh, three days, it was a passenger, and for three days, it was a freight train. But there <laughs> always was a passenger car attached to it. So, yeah. Yeah. That's neat. Yeah. So, anyhow, uh, I graduated from high school, and so I uh, took a course uh, in uh, at the teacher's college. And uh, you could take a... Uh, two-month course in the summertime, July and August, and then you were, became a permit teacher. And so I became a permit teacher, and I taught in a, in a small school. They are all one-room rural schools at that time. So I taught in, uh, in a school just uh, east of our hometown. And uh, at that time, I was only 15 years old. So when I walked into the classroom, uh, uh, I had some students who were 16 years old. They were older than me. <laughs> but anyhow, I did have an exciting year. But when I tell this to people, my salary, I was hired for $1,300. And they say, was well, that a, a month, 1300 a month? I said, no, that was 1300 for the whole year. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so I would, I would get a check of $127 every month. And so uh, I put $100 in the bank and I used $27 for my spending money, mad money, because mom and dad provided me with uh, <clears throat> groceries and there was a cottage that I lived in at, at, the, at the school. And... Uh, so, yeah, I saved $100 every month. So at the end of the year, we had a thousand, I had $1,000 in the bank. <clears throat> the thing was that uh, my mom and dad, they owned a, a general store in the village and, and a farm dealership uh, and a car dealership. So um, uh, <clears throat> The, the, the store and the garage burnt down in, in November. I started teaching in August, November. The place burned down. 
So my mom and dad had to come and live in, with me in the cottage. So I was a teacher. <laughs> and so mom and dad are in the cottage. The cottage is only two rooms. There was like a living room, bedroom, and a kitchen. And then on top of that, I had my younger sister and my cousin who was living with us. So there were five of you in the cottage? Five in the cottage. <laughs> But that was one of the best years of my life was live, uh, that first year of teaching. And of course, uh, at Christmas time, uh, we had uh, all our family, my, my, uh, my brother and my two sisters who were married and had a lot of kids, they all came home for Christmas into this two-room cottage. And so that was, you know, people had to sleep in in, in stages to get through <laughs> it. Okay, so that was the, my uh, startup in life. And then uh, I went back to uh, uh, Teachers College uh, <clears throat> and uh, for a year, and then I got my qualifications as a as a regular teacher. Was the teacher's college in Winnipeg? Yes, the oh, teacher's okay. college is in Winnipeg, right, you know, where Cinnaboyne Park is. Yep. So we call them City Park or whatever, Cinnaboyne Park. It's now the, it was a school for the deaf before it was a teacher's college. And now it's, uh, it's, it's a school. Uh, what is it called? I, I uh, is it like the Mennonite University, the Canadian uh, CMU? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I know. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yep. the Tuxedo Golf Course is yeah. the next door. Yeah. Yeah. Okay so, okay. so that used to be the teacher's college. That was yeah. the teacher's college. And but so everyone, essentially everyone in southern Manitoba who wanted to become a teacher, was that really the only place to go? That's right. There's yeah. a lot of students from Saskatchewan, too. Okay. Come in northern Ontario. So, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> teacher's college was had possibly about five, six hundred students every mm -hmm. year. And it <clears throat> during the war, it was the, a military base, too. So they built a lot of sort of huts uh, where the soldiers stayed and mm -hmm. so forth. So that was good for the uh, teacher's college. So the, the boys stayed in these huts, and the girls stayed in the main uh, building, main dormitory. They yeah. had fancy rooms. <laughs> Anyhow, yeah, so I received my qualifications there. Okay. And then I, my first teaching after my qualifications was at Petersfield in a small school. Again, a one-room rural school called Norwood School. And Do you remember around what year this was that you got your, yeah. that position? Yeah, the, <clears throat> my first year of uh, permit teaching was 53, 54. And then my, uh, maybe it was 54, 55, that's what it was. Okay. And then my, uh, after a year of teacher's college, then I went to Petersfield, and that was between 56 and uh, 58. And then, uh, and that's when I made my move to St. Andrews. So you taught in Petersfield for only that first only year? two years. Oh, two, two years. Two years, yeah. Two years. Yeah. And that was a one-room schoolhouse as well? Oh, there wasn't a schoolhouse. I had to board a mile away oh, from the school. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. 
No, there wasn't a living quarters there then. So, yeah, and then I made the move to St. Andrews. Uh, I My plan was to go to uh, uh, University of uh, British Columbia, UBC, to complete my uh, training uh, because my two friends, that's where they went, and they were there. But uh, it so happened that uh, I w met my wife at that time, and... Uh, um, I had to, of course, leave to go to university in BC. That'd be about three, three, four years. And uh, I, my mother had a garden here in St. Andrews. And uh, the garden was at Sh uh, Shriers. I don't know if you remember where they lived. Right along Number 9 Highway. Just about at Parkdale. Big house there. So there was, <clears throat> that's where they lived, and we had a garden there. And uh, when I went to work, uh, help mom at the garden, I met Mrs. Schreier, and she asked me what I was doing for a living and so forth. And I said, yeah, I was a teacher. I'm teaching in Petersfield, but now I'm going to go move to D.C. And uh, she said, uh, oh, you're a teacher, but since we have... Uh, a school here in St. Andrews, and all the teachers quit on us. At that time, you know, it was the start of a union, union for teachers, and I guess they got into an argument with salaries and so forth, and the school board wouldn't give higher salaries, so they all quit. So anyhow, they said, <clears throat> she said to me, do you want to be a, we're looking for a principal, do you want to be a principal? I said, no, I, I'm only 17 years, 18 years old. Yeah, I'm only 18 years old. I don't want to be principal. They wanted you to be principal of the school when you were 18. Yeah, because I was offered the principalship at P at Clandy Boy. Yeah. Clandy Boy School wanted me to be principal there. I said, no, I'm too young for that. The kids will be uh, just as old as I am. So, no. So I said, but she said, you know, you can get any other position you want to teach it. You want to teach junior high or uh, lower grades, you can you can have the job. So then, uh, of course, uh, I met my uh, girlfriend uh, who was in our, our same area that I came from, and that's my wife now. And uh, so I thought, well, geez, I don't really want to leave her and go to BC, maybe I can teach and go to night school at that time and get my university that way. Where had you guys met? Well, we were from the same village in Mellop. She was two years younger than me. So did you just meet like out in a boat? Like you just... Well, yeah. Okay. We, well, Mellop was a nice place to grow up in because yeah. we had... Uh, this was in the 50s or late 40s and 50s. Uh, we had uh, movies twice uh, a week, uh, <clears throat> Wednesdays and Fridays. Wednesdays was at uh, the local school, which had a sort of a spare room. There was a movie on Wednesdays. One guy came and showed us these movies. Uh, and the uh, and the minister showed us movies on Fridays, and they're pretty good movies, regular movies that you would see in Winnipeg anyhow. So they're they're fairly good movies. 
so yeah, that's where we 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 met because it, all the kids in the area came to the movies every oh. Wednesday and Friday. So would they just project it like on a wall, like in the school? Yeah, they or? had a big screen. Oh, yes. okay. Yeah, they had a big screen projected onto that. That's cool. So it was in the school on Wednesday. It was at the community hall on Friday. Yeah. So yeah, so that's where all the kids would meet and. Okay. Yeah. So you didn't want to. So you decided then that you were going to stay in St. Andrews instead of going to to UBC. Yeah. Yeah. So I started teaching in St. Andrews in, in a grades five and six classroom, and it was the old school. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> you're at the rectory, so where the new school is, it was Im- immediately east of the school, towards the river. Okay. Yeah. So the building is gone now. The building is gone. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So the new school was built in the, in the early 60s. Okay. Yeah. 61 to 62 when it was built. Yeah. And the rectory was a, a private home at that time. Mm-hmm. It was, uh, uh, the family was the Johnson family. <clears throat> they had uh, two boys. Uh, no, they had three boys. They're quite active in the community. And, and so we moved to St. Andrews. We married, my wife and I, we moved to St. Andrews. And uh, we had a house immediately uh, uh, south of the uh, rectory. Okay. The rectory property. Yeah. There's a new home there now. But when, I, when we rented, it was just a, it was a fairly good-looking home. But it was a... Uh, uh, really a log home. Yeah. But that used to be the St. John's uh, Boys School. Oh. Not Boys School. The St. John's, yeah, it was kids who, they have a place in, they still have a place in Winnipeg. And they would use that as their summer camp. They would oh. come out to and use the summer camp, swim in the river and so forth. So that's where we uh, first lived at there. And... Um, we uh, lived there only for one year, and in fact, our daughter was born in that year. That was in 1961. Uh, and then, of course, the we had to move out in June because the boys were coming from Winnipeg from their school to have their summer camp. And uh, <clears throat> so we were looking for a place to to buy, I guess, or rent. And of course, the Johnsons said to me uh, they were wanted to sell their place because they're on an age. And they said, well, you can buy our place. We want $12,000 for it. So, but she, Mrs. Johnson says she used to babysit for us with her uh, young daughter. She says, but this house is so cold, it's unreal. In winter time, I don't think you'd be able to survive in here. So this place was for sale too. This was fourteen thousand dollars. So we bought this place, but I wish I had bought the rectory because I. You could, could have, have bought the rectory for twelve thousand dollars. Twelve thousand. That's a deal. And who bought it was a retired doctor, and he was a hoarder. A hoarder. He was. No. Collecting all kind of antiques and everything from the Second World War, he had everything. 
and he loaded that whole area with all kind of antiques and junk and everything. I forget his name now. But anyhow, he had that for about, uh, I guess, uh, eight years or so. And, uh, and then he, <clears throat> I think he, he passed on, he died, and his girlfriend at that time, she was the one who sold all these items off and so forth. And then, uh, and that's when the, yeah, that's when the province, not the province, the federal government bought the uh, property. Yeah. So do you remember when they rebuilt the house? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They spent a whole, about three, four years rebuilding it. They took almost every stone down and then re rebuilt it from the bottom up. Yeah. I forget how many million it cost them to do that. Wow. So I'm happy I didn't buy it for $12,000 because <laughs> it'd be in ruins now <laughs> or maybe I'd be rich maybe. selling it. Who knows? Yeah. So, <clears throat> yeah, so I was a teacher at the school, then I was vice principal, and then I was offered a principalship in, uh, in uh, Selkirk, in Mapleton School, and then when I told the school board that I would be leaving, I, they said, no, you can't leave because you're the coach of our hockey team and everything else. No, you're, you're living in St. Andrews. No, you can't leave to go to Mapleton. So they increased my salary and uh, asked me to stay on. <laughs> so uh, I did stay on, but uh, I was really involved in the community, like from the school. It was the school was really the central point for the whole community because mm. we had our Christmas concerts and of course uh, I mentioned the hockey team when I was first year I was teaching here at St Andrews uh, teaching grades five and six and the boys came to me one uh, in the fall time in the winter time already I guess it was in November they said. Uh, Mr. Karaluk, uh, we need a hockey coach. They said uh, <clears throat> we all registered for hockey at, uh, at Selkirk. And uh, the rec director there says that, you know, there's so many kids from St. Andrews, we could form our own team. We don't have to be a, on different teams. We can have a St. Andrews team. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, so <clears throat> this was kids of ages 11 and 12 yes yeah, so they're all in my classroom so okay boys I'll, I'll coach you guys so we uh, the way they got to the games because their parents wouldn't drive them to the games many of the parents had cars already too at that time but they wouldn't drive them the kids would catch the bus the beaver bus at that time they would all catch the beaver bus at five o'clock or 5.30 and and hit for Selkirk and uh, to play hockey. And so I would do the same thing. I would uh, catch the, I would stay at school till uh, it was time to catch the bus, uh, go to catch the bus here at the St. Andrews store, at the Ukrainic store. There was a little old store there. I don't know if you have any pictures of that store. We might. Back Maybe at the rectory should, somewhere. Should, yeah. It's where, like, it's where Harry's is now? 
or yeah, where, yeah. Where Harry's is now. I should, I guess I have it in our history books of St. Andrews. That there was Harry where Harry's Foods is now, and uh, so we'd go to Selkirk, play the game, then I'd take the Beaver bus to Winnipeg, and I lived in Winnipeg, and that's that's how we got the hockey game going. And these kids were real eager players, and it was a pleasure to coach them because yeah. they had all kind of abilities and so forth. So we won the championship that year. <laughs> what year was that? That had been, oh, that had been 50, uh, 59, I think, 58, 59. And uh, <clears throat> so the parents got all excited because, you know, when he came to playoff time and they saw how well the team was playing, we had a lot of St. Andrew's parents in the, in the, in the arena. And for next year, they decided to build an outdoor rink for us here. So they built an outdoor rink. There was an old uh, an old shack just across where I'm living now, mm-hmm. just across the road where the, uh, uh, what do you call it, daycare is now. Uh, there was an old shack, and that's where they kept the, uh, the sleighs for uh, hauling the kids to school. There was no buses that, in, in the early time, that was before my time, like the late 40s, early 50s, they would have these cabooses, and they had two cabooses that would go with horses to pick up the kids and haul them to school every day. And uh, so they moved this shack and they remodeled it a bit, made it warmer, and then we had that as our warm-up shack for the, the hockey thing. So yeah, and that's how our, uh, the community really grew, and then we uh, started the St. Andrews Community Club, mm-hmm. and it worked out of the school, really. And, uh, and then the more and more people started moving into the area, and uh, the community grew, and of course in 19, I guess it was about uh, 63, 64, they decided to build a new school. I should explain to you, like now, this area is in the Lord Selkirk School Division, but at that time every area had its own school district, so there was the St. Andrews School District. Now. I should really go back and state it was St. Andrew's School District and it was number two. Every school district in Manitoba had a number. Mm-hmm. But when they we claimed that St. Andrew's was should have been number one because <laughs> it was the first organized school area in, in Manitoba. But I assume Winnipeg was... Was Winnipeg number one? Is that well? Winnipeg is number one. Not, yeah, it's still like one. Winnipeg one school division. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know, but we got number two. Yeah, because they they claimed that the first school was in St. Andrews here. There was a little straight across from the church. There still is some stones to show where the old school was. It was just a one room school. Like on the river side. No. Uh, no, on the, on this side, 
just right by the uh, driveway that goes into the oh, teacher's okay. parking lot. Oh, okay. Right, and right against that mole tree that's there. That's where okay. the first uh, school was. And uh, <clears throat> so, okay, so we were school district number two, because Winnipeg stole number one from us. <laughs> and, <clears throat> and then, you know, like Mapleton School Division, mm. they were separate. Of course, Selkirk had about, uh, I guess, uh, uh, two schools, two schools, uh, two or three schools in the in the town, and then every uh, across the river was uh, East Selkirk School. Uh, it was uh, called the Happy. They called it the Happy Thought School Division. Anyhow, well, I forget where I was at now. Okay, I was... Uh, you're talking about the community club? The community club, yeah. yeah. So we got so organized with the community club, we so we had one rink, and Mrs. Johnson in this fall time had a fire, and she built, burnt down our uh, clubhouse. <laughs> <laughs> and so we the next year we had to build another uh, rink, so we built a rink that was just... A, Immediately east of uh, of the the new school that is there now, we mm. built a, a new rink there. You should know that at one time the uh, school owned all the property where you know you have all those um, monuments or something mm -hmm. that was all owned right up to the river river bank that was owned by the school. Oh, okay. So then. Uh, when Parks Canada took over, mm -hmm. uh, I was, yeah, I was the vice principal then, and uh, they made a deal with us, with the school district, that they would uh, give us land at the back, where uh, where there's a little primary playground that mm -hmm. swings and that, they gave us that if we would give them the the park towards the river so we made a trade there okay yeah so. so they let you keep your let you keep your recreational like yeah, land there yeah. yeah yeah so yeah <clears throat> and then um, we got to the point where we were thinking of building a, an arena mm -hmm. a built a closed-in arena and this would have been about 1965 and so we worked on this and uh the real pusher, parent pusher for this was uh, Nick Uzark. I don't know if you've heard of that name. No. Nick Uzark. And Nick, <clears throat> he was our the president of our community club, and his wife was the secretary treasurer of the school uh, district. So they're the main sort of people in the area. And... Uh, so, so we had everybody uh, on board. They said we got plans to build this arena and it would cost $120,000. So, you know, at that time, the community was being developed and to uh, build a home, buy property and build a home would cost you about twenty-five dollars to $30,000. See, I paid fourteen for mine, so I got a deal. <laughs> so about twenty-five to thirty thousand dollars, and the people are saying, you know what? So we're a growing community. 
and you know that really means five five homes surely we as a community can build five homes mm -hmm. so we were everybody is convinced that we were going to uh, build this uh, arena and uh, so then uh, Nick, Nick Uzerks the uh, President of the community club, and I am now the secretary treasurer of the community club. You got the fun job. Yeah. <laughs> so we, uh, they, they came up with an idea that we uh, should put one mil out of, of our taxes mm. on uh, paying to the municipality. One mil uh, would go towards the recreation mm -hmm. part. And it would cost us maybe uh, one mil at that time would be probably uh, $10 or something like that. Mm -hmm. And we said, well, hell, that's, that'd be your smokes for one month. Yeah. <laughs> <Do that. laughs> so, so they told me to ask the municipality uh, if we could do that. I phoned the municipality and said, oh, no, you, we, we can't do that. Just because you guys think you would like to have that, it has to be a vote for the whole area. People have to vote on it. So, uh, so I said, so how do we get a vote going here? Well, he said, you'd have to get permission from the, uh, the province. Mm. So you'd have to phone them. So yeah, so I phoned the uh, municipal affairs, I guess, at that time, and I... They said, well, who are you? I said, well, I'm the secretary treasurer of the community club. But I said, I'm the secretary treasurer. And I, I guess I didn't get a chance to say of the community club. And they thought I was the secretary treasurer of the municipality, <laughs> which was a big position in those days. And so they said, so you want to, to have a vote for your area? Yeah, I said, well, it's just we wanted just in our area to go for a the St. Andrews School District only. Okay. So they said, okay, we'll write a letter to the municipality that will allow that to happen. And so, yeah, we had the, a vote for building the arena. And the thing was you'd have to give one mil of your taxes to, mm -hmm. to build this. So everything was going great until... Uh, some people, of course, who were totally against this, started agitating, and and uh, when it came down to voting, they got so organized they were hauling people in to vote. All the, all the older people, of course, didn't <laughs> want to pay one mil of their taxes. So, like a community center. <clears throat> so <clears throat> our big vote it was defeated. Uh, oh, five to one, I think five. Yeah, against. Five against and only one four. So it was roundly defeated. And I was totally discouraged. A devastating blow. Devastated. <laughs> and uh, this was, the vote was about, yeah, the vote was in 1969. And uh, <clears throat> so uh, I thought, well, what, my career is at an end here in St. Andrews, <laughs> even though I'm vice principal of the school. So uh, uh, 
an opening comes up in a brand new school in, in Selkirk, Centennial School, it was only two, two or three years old. It's called Centennial because it was built in 1967. And so this is 1970, uh, comes an opening and I bid on it and I, uh, I, I uh, get accepted and I'm now the principal at Centennial School in Selkirk. And uh, so uh, we still live here. We, uh, I go to Selkirk and I'm at Centennial School for uh, two years. So you were, you were still living in this house, yeah. but you were just commuting to Yeah, just Selkirk. commuting, yeah. And then um, uh, a good friend of mine who was principal at Happy Thought School, he passed away in 1973. And, of course, the principalship came open in, in Happy Thought School. And Happy Thought School uh, was a... Uh, my school in Centennial was a K to six, but Happy Thought School was a K to nine school. So it was a, a larger school. I had 350 students in uh, Centennial or in Happy Thought. I think they had almost 600 students. So of course, via a uh, higher salary. So naturally, I bid on Happy Thought School, and I became principal at Happy Thought. So I moved from. Centennial to Happy Thought, and I stayed at uh, at Happy Thought School for um, uh, eight eight or ten years. So yeah, I uh, <clears throat> I really had a good training there at Happy Thought School, and I ended up when I left it was about seven hundred students. We had uh, about 35 teachers and uh, also the uh, reserve school, Broken Head Reserve, where Scantaberry is now, mm -hmm. where the big casino is now. Uh, South Beach? Yeah, South yeah. Beach Casino. There was a school there and the, <clears throat> the kids would come to Happy Thought School. Oh, okay. And... I was also principal of their little school, which was a, a nursery to about grade three. Okay. So in grade four to nine, they came to Happy Thought. So, uh, so I was principal at there as well. <clears throat> so uh, yeah, and then uh, I guess in nineteen would have been nineteen eighty. The principalship became open here back in St. Andrew's School. And Mr. Schreier, uh, who I first met, Mrs. Schreier, who hired me to teach in St. Andrew's School, he was uh, the uh, uh, chairman of the school board, the Lower Selkirk School Division. Mr. Schreier should tell you just a brief history on, on him. He was uh, involved with, with school districts, being uh, either a chairman or, or a, a school board member for 53 years. Wow. Yeah, when he quit, Lord Selkirk uh, was 53 years. He was involved in education as a school board member. 
<clears throat> so anyhow, <clears throat> Mr. Schreier, who was a real good friend of mine, of course, he, he knew about me in St. Andrews and so forth. We lived here all the time. He came to me and said, Elmer, I want you to come back to St. Andrews because the kids are out of hand and <laughs> I need to straighten them out. <laughs> so, uh, <clears throat> but uh, yeah, St. Andrews was a K-9 school as well at that time. And because when I first started, it was a K to 11 school. Yeah. So it was a lot bigger. A lot bigger, yeah. But uh, but Happy Thought was a lot bigger than St. Andrews. Then. Mm-hmm. We had 35 teachers, 700 students. There was, I believe, 500 students here, maybe 28 teachers or whatever. Mm-hmm. So anyhow, I would have to take a cut in salary because your salary was based on the amount of teachers you had and students and so forth. So I'd have to take a cut in salary. And Mr. Schreier says, well, Alvar, you you should be well off now. I said, well off, I'm living from month (laughs) to month. (laughs) But anyhow, you could bid on St. Andrew's School, see if you can come back to St. Andrews. So I did. And of course, I I got to move from Happy Thought to St. Andrews. So now I had people at Happy Thought really angry at me because I got that place really going. We had yeah. winter carnivals and the school was added on. We had a bigger school. And they also started uh, their own uh, recreation team. Yeah. Uh, uh, thing and they um, they started building a new arena at uh, at uh, East Selker and I was mm. I was or help, helping organize that so anyhow they were mad at me but uh, <laughs> we had to part ways <laughs> they gave me a big going away banquet we had a big banquet at the uh, at the community hall in East Selkirk. It was more of a roast than a banquet, but anyhow. Oh, they couldn't have been that mad at you then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so then I came back to St. Andrews. Um, and Mr. Kiddick is the one who was the principal here, and he is decided he's had enough. He was on an age, and he moved to Selkirk as a teacher. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, then I came here as a, as a principal. So this is the 70s at this point? This is, no, this would be the 80s, the 80s. already. Okay. 80, 80 to 84. That's when I stayed here as principal. Yeah. 80 to 84. And at that time, Lockport School wasn't built yet. Did you attend Lockport yeah. School? Okay, it wasn't built yet. And... Um, so they gave me, as vice principal, they gave me the, the chap who was going to be principal at the new Lockport School. He's going to be my vice principal here at St. Andrews. And I don't know if you, no, you wouldn't have attended when he was there. Mr. Garlick, he was the vice principal, and then he became principal at Happy at uh, Lockport School. So, uh, yeah, so I stayed here for four years. Yeah. And... Uh, we got, uh, again, we, uh, the schools, more people started moving into the community, and we had an addition on to the school, to St. Andrew's School, got to be a lot bigger, 
and uh, we got a new gymnasium and so forth. The, mm. <clears throat> the smaller part, which is now the what the library, his library and something else, that used to be the new the, our, the gym for the for the old school. Well, I call it old. It was it was a yeah. new school, but that was the first gym, and I was a phys ed teacher at that time. Yeah. So there was still no community club at this point. Oh yeah, the community club was started in the old school. Oh. In the old yeah. school. That's where. The but they still hadn't like to build like the new one. They still hadn't done that. Oh yeah, the new one was already built. You know when I said that I left at yeah. um, uh, sixteen, yeah sixty nine. Mm-hmm. Well, it didn't last more than about two three years. They decided to build. Uh, the uh, every, but they didn't start with the arena. All they yeah. did was build. Uh, they would build the clubhouse. Yeah. So they built the clubhouse. We bought the uh, property of uh, Mr. Miles or Mr. Gosnowski. We bought the property, four acres of land. So we had money in the bank, and we bought the land, and they. They, they started building the clubhouse. So they yeah. built the clubhouse first, and then uh, and then a few years later, they started building the arena. Mm-hmm. So yeah, this was in 19, yeah, 1978. So that's when I, 78, well, 79, 80, that's when I came back to St. Andrews as principal from Happy Thought. And they were already building the uh, arena. Yeah. And so, yeah. So they caved eventually the community and decided <laughs> so that they, they were going to go for it. They were going to go for it. <laughs> and I was back in St. Andrews. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> I got to know the new people living, moved in here, and the, the Cliff Colatch. Uh, he's a teacher in Winnipeg, but he's living here, and he was on the community club, and Sonny Dunlop, and a whole bunch of mm-hmm. people. So that we'd have meetings at school all all the time about the arena, and uh, if there was any telephoning to be done, uh, St. Andrews Road was the division line between uh, uh, Winnipeg phones. Mm-hmm. Or Lockport phones. That's <laughs> so you lived on this side of St. Andrews Road, you had a Lockport phone, long distance to Winnipeg. And that side of the road, it was Winnipeg phones. Yeah. So and the school, because it was a school, they had both phones. They had the Winnipeg <laughs> phone and they had the Lockport phone. But we had just a Lockport phone. So that's why we'd have meetings at the school. Yeah. Because we have work parties when we were putting in the artificial ice. Yeah. We'd have to phone all these people, come on down. Tonight we're take, putting in pipes or something. It's all voluntary work. Yeah. Now it's, nobody wants to volunteer, <laughs> but that time it was all volunteer work. So we had meetings at the school. So you so didn't have to call long distance? No, you yeah. didn't have to call long distance. <laughs> yeah. And uh, what else can I tell you? So yeah, after 84, uh, at the Christmas concert, I had to announce that I was leaving St. Andrews. 
school because now I applied for the uh, uh, assistant superintendent's job in the in the Lord Selkirk School Division. Okay. So I applied for that job and got interviewed. And, yeah. And I got that job. Mm. So I had to announce that I'm leaving St. Andrew's School and uh, some somebody else would be the principal. So is that your last principal position? Was that St. Andrew's? That last principal position. Yeah. And I became the uh, assistant superintendent and I uh, was on that job uh, from 1984 to uh, 95. Mm. So that was another 11 years. No, it was more like 15 years. Maybe it was sooner. <laughs> I got the years mixed up. But I retired in 1995 from the school division. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I had a... I had, geared up my career I said I was going to retire at 55 yeah which I did I retired at 55 and uh, I had I spent 39 years in education yeah from from my first permit teaching to uh, 1995 I spent 39 or just short of one year of 40 years that's so, incredible. Yeah. 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 So you really saw like the entire kind of education system in this area like evolve and grow and That's right. change yeah. and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. That's yeah. incredible. So since then, like since you retired, you you just live you've still lived in St. Andrews. Your I assume your kids went to school like in this area as well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we have two. We had two kids. We had Tracy was born born when we first moved to St. Andrews, and she's a teacher now. She's 59 years of age, and uh, she's teaching at Gillum in the north. Oh, yeah. And That's with this COVID-19, they couldn't even come down to visit us Yeah, because they couldn't cross the line at Thompson or something. Yeah. And so they are here now mm-hmm. for their summer holidays. Her husband uh, works at uh, Manitoba Hydro in Gillum. Okay, yeah. Yeah, and, and Tracy is a teacher. She's now a guidance teacher in the Gillum School. Yeah. And uh, my son, Trent, uh, yeah, he went to St. Andrew's School and Lockwood School and the, the comp, and he's a firefighter in the city of Winnipeg. Mm-hmm. He um, he uh, joined the uh, well, St. Andrews Fire Department. When I was uh, principal at the school, uh, that's when we um, started building the old fire hall here. Yeah. And of course, the fire chief at that time said, Elmer, you're here all the time at the school, so you have to join the fire department because we need help. <laughs> Someone to drive the fire truck, yeah. you can do it. Volunteer firefighter. You can run <laughs> to the fire hall and get the truck and go. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, I was on the fire department. And uh, there was Trent and our other uh, boy, uh, the Metashewski. Uh, 
boy, if there was a call during the weekends or whatever, on weekends, like in the summer, everybody would be gone mm -hmm. to their cottages or wherever. And uh, <clears throat> most of the time I was the only one here. So the fire call would come in and I'd go running to the hall, get the truck and I'd be gone to fight the fires. So there was nobody showing up from the firefighters. I would say to my son Trent and Murashuski's boy, uh, I said, come with me so you can help me roll out the hoses or whatever. Mm -hmm. So they would help me. <laughs> and now they're both on the fire department in Winnipeg. <laughs> they both, they loved it so much, they just made it their careers. I wish my wife was here because I'm bad with names. I forget Matushuski's first name. But anyhow, he joined the Winnipeg, the St. Andrews Fire Department, then they went and they joined Winnipeg. Mm -hmm. And he's now the, uh, the captain. And when you get to be a captain, you're like in charge of a fire hall in yeah. Winnipeg. So he's a captain in the north end of Winnipeg, and he's retiring now as a, as a, from the fire department. And my son is in, living in Winnipeg, and he is going to be a captain now, so he'll be in charge in one of the fire halls in Winnipeg. So that's how they got into firefighting yeah. through... Uh, through our little fire hall here. Yeah. <laughs> That's neat. I remember us going, there was a call <clears throat> on, a, on a Sunday that there was a boat on fire on the river. So they said, could you go down? It's, it's by the, uh, and it wasn't a golf course at that time yet. It's by the golf course, that property. So, again, uh, Trent and Matuszewski's boy, I said, come on, let's go. There's a boat on fire. So we come there, and sure enough, we see a boat and some smoke, and that the boat is right against the bank on, on this side of, of the river. So I rolled out the hose. I said, go down there and put, be ready, and I'll turn the water on and put it out. So I get it going and and they're down there fighting the fire so uh, I come down to the edge of the river I said well I'm looking I said where's the boat they said well we put water in it and it went down <laughs> it sunk <laughs> it sunk <so. laughs> that's why we saved one boat by sinking it <laughs> I mean, it wasn't on fire anymore, so... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so for entertainment, do you... Like, did people, like, stay, like, on the weekends and stuff? Like, did they typically go into the city to see movies and stuff like that? Or was there things to do, like, in St. Andrews in terms of, you know... No, movies, like, the, there was a theater in Selkirk, but most of the people did go to Winnipeg to the yeah. theaters, yes. We're quite quite closely related to Winnipeg, yeah. But you had your winter carnivals and stuff, like at the yeah. school and everything. So. Oh yeah, winter carnivals were a great big thing in this area, and of course that hasn't hasn't happened. So the you know the boys had their hockey teams and so forth, mm. and the girls had their figure skating. That was yeah. a big thing in those days, figure skating, and uh, of course then they switched to. Uh, 
What is ringette? That? Ringette. Yeah. Which I really <laughs> yeah. hate because our daughter was in that ringette and my granddaughters, and I just Can't I, I don't like ringette at all because they should be playing hockey, and so I do have two granddaughters. Oh, I should have their pictures here, but I have two granddaughters who are in hockey. I started them off when they were uh, oh kindergarten age yeah but there was hockey not figure skating yeah and uh, or uh, ringette and they're both uh, goalies yeah and uh, good for them. Kai uh, in fact represented Canada in this uh, they had a, a hockey sort of a virtual tournament over the world in the hockey so she represented Western Canada as goalie, and uh, and it was in in Toronto. And, That's impressive. Uh, and so she's all pepped up. She's going to be playing for Team Canada, which was Team Western Canada. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so our younger granddaughter, she's also a goalie, and she uh, so happens this. This fall, they're both going to be in the same high school. So, um, uh, Kai, Keandra, when she moved from her junior high to the high school, she was in grade nine. And the uh, goalies were both uh, grade 12 students. So, the coach said, no, I can't put you in goal for us, even though you're a good goalie. Mm -hmm. Because these two girls are going to be graduating this year, and I want to see them graduate as our goalies. And so I guess the next uh, high school, uh, two neighboring high school, needed a goalie. So Keandra uh, played goalie for for them for uh, one year. And now last year she was she was grade ten. Yeah, she's uh, she was goalie for her team. So they go to school Which, in the city? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, see, one bad with names. Well, thank you so much. But you this know, my wife, great. Jean, she was also a, um, uh, a school, not school boy, a counselor <laughs> in the RM of St. Andrews. Yeah. For two or three terms? Two, two terms. And after I retired, like I said, I retired in 95, then I ran for election in 99, it was, yeah. And I was on the uh, councillor in the RM of St. Andrews for 20 years. Oh, okay. So yeah. you also, you were kind of politically involved as yeah. well then, yeah. And I ran for, the, and when I retired in 95, I ran for uh, for the MLA position for the province mm -hmm. I ran as a liberal candidate yeah for the Selkirk area yeah and I, I got defeated though so oh. <laughs> I didn't win that yeah, yeah so yeah like I was going to mention to you about uh, remember the vice principal my vice principal in St. Andrews was Russ Garla and he became principal at uh, the new Lockport High School, Junior High. Mm -hmm. And so when I first came back to St. Andrews, uh, 
the kids were, well, they weren't bad. They were <laughs> lively, shall we say. <laughs> and, you know, they would be running down the hallways and everything. And it was pretty rough with the junior high and the, the little kids. Yeah. One wing was sort of the junior high and not junior high, but say grade six and up. And the other ones were in the other wing. And so the teacher said, you know, these kids are running and down the hallway. They're bumping into the little kids and so forth. So you have to s slow them down. And he says, the other thing is they keep slapping these signs. There was some kind of signs uh, by every classroom. And they would slap these signs. <laughs> the signs just gave the numbers of the classroom, I guess. So I guess in the, in the morning... Uh, exercise, opening exercises, I mentioned, I said, we're going to have to lay the law down. There's no running in the hallways and no jumping up and slapping at these signs. Because if you do that, you're going to be seeing me in my office. And all the teachers, we've had a meeting and we're going to lay the law down. No yeah. more of this horsing around. Yeah. So anyhow, uh, my secretary at that time in the office was Linda Scrimetta. And she had kids in the school. And lo and behold, the next day, after he made this big announcement or laying the law down, her son, the youngest or the oldest boy, is caught slapping, slapping, the, the, sign. <laughs> slapping the sign. So it's reported to, by Mr. Garlick, reports it to me. He was walking down the hallway and Randy Scrimetta slapped the same. So I said, well, I'll call him into the office. Call him into the office. Said, I told you that we're going to give you punishment. And it's going to be, we told you it's going to be a strap. And I mentioned the strap because that was, the, that year was the end of the strapping. Yeah. No one was allowed to strap yeah. after that. So I said, you're going to get a strap. And he said, yes, sorry, Mr. Kerlick, I, you did say that, and, and I heard it, and <laughs> I'm guilty. <laughs> so he says, so I said, stick out your hand, so he sticks out his hand, so I take the strap, and I give him a strap. And, and the kid leaves and says, I promise I won't do it again, and so forth. Okay, it's all over. Uh, as you, the, Randy leaves the, my office, Mr. Garlick says to me, holy, he says, the first time I've seen someone being strapped, he said. And he says, you know, I never got a strap in my life. I said, oh, I got lots of them. <laughs> <laughs> so I said, well, you never got a strap in your life? He said, no. I said, well, stick out your hand and you'll know what it's like. So he sticks out his hand and I hammer him. So he says, holy, does that ever hurt? <laughs> so in those days, uh, there was strapping. You had to fill out a big form. Yeah. And you'd have to send it into the head office to the superintendent's department. So I had to fill out a, a form on, uh, on the boy that I strapped. And then I filled one out on the vice <laughs> principal that I strapped. <laughs> and that was the end of my strapping. <laughs> <laughs> Office must have been a little confused when they got that one. <laughs> but you know, if you talk to former students of the school, yeah. they'll say that I strapped all of them. 
<laughs> but I think there's very few that I ever strapped. <laughs> That's funny. Well, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. This yeah, is, this was a great first interview.